What's going on, everybody? It's Derek with the Gaming and Chill Podcast, and today we've got a guest, and we're going to talk about The Witcher and what it's like to write a book on this episode of the podcast. So we've got a guest with us today, and I think if anybody has ever watched Pacific Rim, they might know the question I'm about to ask. Is it Raleigh Barnes or Rally Burns? Raleigh Barnes. Raleigh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, have you heard that one from Pacific Rim at all? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's actually, I, I get told that I look like that actor a lot too. Hey, that's um, not bad. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good looking guy. So. And that's a um, good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Like whenever, like they kept saying that, cause that happens to me all the time where, uh, you know, it's just weird to pronounce. It's spelled really weird. So I'm just very used to it. Hey, you know, I, with my name being Derek, it's misspelled all the time. Yeah. No matter yeah. how you spell it, it's probably wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, happy to have you on the podcast today. Um, Thank you, man. Glad to be here. So we're going to be talking about The Witcher and uh, a book you've written. But before we do any of that, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I live in Florida. I've been writing now for about 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, I like to write all kinds of stuff, but typically, you know, fantasy, um, science fiction, adventure type stuff, a little bit of horror is what I like to write. Um yeah, and I just love doing it. I'm trying to, you know, get people to look at my work, basically. I think we can all understand that plight. Mm-hmm. As uh, any content creator will tell you, creating the content is easy. Getting people mm-hmm. to see that content is the other half of the battle. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe more than half. <laughs> yeah. and Well, we know at least half is knowing. G.I. Joe taught yeah. us that. Right. Right. Yes. We cannot forget. <laughs> Okay, so what kind of games or anime do you play or watch, if any? Um, I jump around a bit. There's definitely some. Um, For games, mostly RPGs, um, like action-adventure type stuff. Um, We might talk about this later, but my favorite one is Dark Souls. I've been playing, like, everything that that company basically makes from software. They make, you know, every game they make is good. Um, So that's, like, the biggest one. Um, as far as anime goes, um, I jump around a bit with that too. Um, the one I've been watching lately is Dr. Stone. I've been really enjoying that. So good. Oh yeah. So good. And, um, the, some older ones, I really like Gurren Lagann. That's like my favorite one actually. Okay. Um, that one, um, even though it's a little strange, it's like so cool to me. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it just kind of clicked. Um, yeah, like Bleach, um, Yu Yu Hakusho, jump around all over the place, but typically, you know, the tip, the classic anime, you know, fight scenes and, you know, powers, superpowers, stuff like that. That's the stuff that I like. I can understand that. Dr. Stone is so good. Um, yeah, yeah. If you like that sort of show, you might actually also be interested in the ascendance of a bookworm. Okay. Ascendance of a bookworm. Do high school prodigies excel in a foreign world? Okay. You might have to send me those titles. They're a little long. <laughs> I, I will. They're both this in the same genre, the Isake, basically like being trapped in a different world and suddenly being right. overpowered. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they're both kind of in that vein, just different, uh, basically. Right. Okay. But uh, I tell you what, I've been reading Dr. Stone, and sometimes you, you read a chapter and you're like, all right, I <laughs> the madman said he was going to do it, and yeah. he did it, and yeah. I somehow yeah. didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, it's very, like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. The main thing is, like, the... I guess either the research or just how smart the guy who wrote it was like all the like little like scientific tidbits and like all the, I don't know. It's just very thorough to me too. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah, every, everything that happens in it's like, Oh, like they're actually, yeah, like exactly like you said. Um, I love it though. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost done with the first season. Um, I've been, you know, I've been kind of, a uh, a slacker, like waiting for the English stuff to come out. I know, I know that's bad, but um, you know what? Whatever helps you enjoy anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, the English cast is pretty good, though. Like, it just kind of depends for me if if it's like a really bad English dub, then I'll just like like with uh, Shippuden. Um, I actually just recently finished that because I was waiting for so long for the English stuff to come out, and it was just terrible whenever I listened to it. So, um, yeah, I just went to Japanese for that one. I don't blame you there. It's yeah. such a long series that you it to wait yeah. for all of it to be in English, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're gonna have to pass it down to your children and go, I want <laughs> yeah. you to watch this. Yeah, yeah, true. true. Um, it did take a while. <laughs> yeah. But that's awesome. That's uh Bleach is a real good classic. Uh oh yeah. Oh, it yeah. might rank up there with One Piece as one of those shows where it's like, I really need to watch it, but the mm -hmm. number of episodes makes me intimidated. Yeah, I, I haven't watched uh, One Piece for the same exact reason. Um, but Bleach isn't too bad. It's kind of um, like you can watch like the first sort of arc, I guess, and like get like a very good sense of like the world and the characters and everything. Oh, yeah. um, but and it just gets better from there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it like I, I can only say it's worth it. Um, I liked it a lot, you know. Obviously, we'll get into this later too. But my my book takes a lot of inspiration from it, so it definitely stuck with me. Yeah, I you know I like it when <laughs> things inspire us to create something of our own. Mm -hmm. Um, but before we talk about all of that, one of the main things I wanted to talk about that we had talked about in our uh, pre podcast meeting was The Witcher. Mm -hmm. um, we mm -hmm. both talked about needing to finish that series. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to finish it? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I watched two more episodes, I think. One more episode, something like that. That's not um, too bad. It, the last couple episodes are ones you want to sit down and watch together. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's why I've been um, I've been putting it off. Is because, like, the first, it seems like the first four or five or something like that are almost like their own sort of story. Um, and once I watch that, I just, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to watch anymore for some reason. It's very long to me. Um, but it's really good, but it just feel like I've watched like a whole movie almost. So I'm like, oh, I got to take a break. Um, but yeah, I definitely am planning to do that at least, you know, today I have today off after this. So there you go. Um, I'll definitely be watching it. When I was <laughs> watching it, I, you know, I'd seen the tweets of like, here's a chart to help you with the confusing issues. <laughs> and I'm like, it's yeah. not that confusing. I yeah. got to about episode six, seven, and went, wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's then I look at what the I chart and it goes, oh, yeah, these, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's any spoilers here to say, the three different stories, they're not mm -hmm. happening at the same time. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of it's starting to like sort of make itself known there too. Um, I just watched episode five, and you start to see sort of like this. Oh, it's it's yeah, different timelines, different stories, different things happening. Um, so yeah, it's a little confusing, but it's not really if you like pay attention. You know, they make it, they do a pretty good job of like connecting everything and like making it clear, sort of. Right. It's 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 the smart way of doing things so that it's like. Hey, here's what you kind of have to look forward to, but here's what we've done. Mm. It does, honestly, it does everything right that Game of Thrones squandered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen more than yeah. one uh, report where it's like, Game of Thrones fans flocked to The Witcher as it should have been. The quality mm-hmm. is the same as what season eight should have been. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, definitely. I mean, the. The wardrobing, the acting, everything is really on point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I really can't think of anything that makes me go, no, that's no. Even the graphics for the monsters mm-hmm. are really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised there because normally, you know, TV shows and stuff, but this has been stepping up with a lot of shows. Like, they've been really making their effects and stuff like very believable. Um, and yeah, the witcher, like the little, the little centipede thing. And, oh, uh, or I guess it's like a scorpion. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that it looks like very real. I'm like, Oh, this is a TV show, but it looks like it's like a, you know, Marvel movie or something. It's interesting. Do you, you know, here's the question. Do you think it's just because doing that sort of thing, it's getting cheaper or is it one of those, they can't afford to botch it up. Um, maybe both. Um, I'm not super knowledgeable of like the world of CGI and all that stuff, but I mean, it does seem like more and more things are putting that effort into that. And then like, it looks real and more stuff. Um, you know, I think like just for that and like speaking of Game of Thrones too, I think it just all comes down to like, if you really want to do, like, if you're really passionate about the source material and you really enjoy it and you want to do a good job, then a good job will be done, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like with the last season of Game of Thrones, like the creators, um, D.B. Weiss and uh, Benioff, I think it is, um, it didn't seem like they like really wanted to like do things justice. It seems like they just wanted to wrap things up. Um, All the stories pointed to, they wanted to wrap it up to go work on their Star Wars film. That's Yeah, I've heard that too, yeah. They, and then that got canceled, so, you know, serves them right, I guess. I guess. It, for me, <laughs> what bothers me is when shows... I find a lot of shows do this, but one of the shows recently uh, that has done this is The Runaways on Hulu. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar. I w- I've watched an episode or two. It's like a Marvel thing or DC thing? It's a Marvel one thing. Of those? Okay, yeah. Um, One of the things that really bothers me is when they introduce a concept and then immediately forget it. Mm-hmm. So one of the characters has a dinosaur that they're psychically linked to. Mm-hmm. That plays almost zero relevance to the story. Yeah, it's just like a cool gimmick. Well, because it it, it basically comes down to, it sounds like you wanted to write a dinosaur into the story, and then went, oh god, yeah, we would have to put that in special effects, so um, maybe (laughs) we don't do that. So where did the dinosaur go? We had to. Oh, you don't even like. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. So it's yeah. like they constantly make reference to it, but it's like, hey, you, you had the option to just kind of write that out, 
but you wrote it in mm-hmm. to write it out. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I don't, come on, commit. Yeah. Uh, I and, guess, I don't know. And I think Witcher did commit to everything they'd done. Like, mm-hmm. I think all, like, especially, especially Henry Cavill committed to the mm-hmm. learning to, like, the, the sword play, all the combat maneuvers and things like that. Like, I seen an interview with him and he was like, yeah, I, I wanted to do all my own stunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which to me is amazing when an actor really wants to go that, uh, that distance for it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like that, you got to have that like passion for it. You know, he I think he really loves The Witcher. I know he played it, you know, a couple of times through or something like that. And uh, yeah, he just he, you can tell he put the effort into like getting the voice down. The vo- the voice sounds really good. He moves just like you move in the game to me. Um, yeah, it was great. It's like, you know, you didn't expect, I didn't expect it from him. You know, like he's Superman. He's kind of like this superstar guy. You wouldn't really, you know, think that he's like a Witcher fan, but he definitely was. <laughs> it It's always surprising and always amazing when you hear these big name actors go, oh yeah, I love video games. I love mm-hmm. D&D. I love anime. And you're sitting there going, oh my God, they're just yeah. like me. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I know. I remember, uh. I like vis- like was visibly shocked when I found out Samuel L. Jackson likes anime. He was um, in an anime. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Afro yeah, Samurai. Right. He was yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I never put it together, but that's his voice. Yep. <laughs> and then like Vin Diesel does D and D. Oh really? Yeah, like Vin Diesel, Terry <laughs> Crews, like oh, oh, man, several big name dudes do D and D, and you're sitting there going, "I'm just imagining like." I don't know, Vin Diesel sitting around a table going, my yeah. wizard casts fireball. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, yeah. I'm certain he does. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's Vin Diesel's. And that's another one I would not expect. That's for sure. I remember when I did a speech on D&D in school uh, when in college. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, these people play D&D. And it was like, this person, this person. And it's like, yeah, but you all don't care. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It validates my meaning. Someone probably cared, I bet. I would have. <laughs> I went to a Bible college, so, you know, oh, TNT, yeah. not super popular. Maybe, maybe less people there, yeah. <laughs> um, unless you can figure out that Moses did, but we all know that Moses was born to Beyblade. <laughs> yeah. That's canon. Um, canon, yes. Bible canon. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm talking about in the show Beyblade. They show Moses parting the Red oh. Sea with a Beyblade. Wait, what? <laughs> it's true. Wait, really? This is it, real? It, it, it's in the Beyblade <laughs> canon. Moses parted the Red Sea with a spinning top. Wow. Okay. It's the dumbest thing ever, and it's one of my favorite pieces of trivia ever. Yes, that's. I, I like it now too. I'm probably going to use it from now on. Okay. Great. Um. Wow. Okay. Now we know. <laughs> Everyone knows that Moses used a Beyblade to part the Red Sea. Back back on our Witcher topic, as opposed to Beyblade. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than Geralt, did you actually have a favorite character? Um, so I really far. like. Yeah, so far, I guess I haven't got to the end. So there's um some that I haven't seen. Um, I've always really liked Yennefer. Um, she just kind of has that like energy and that like. That backstory, too, they really flesh that backstory out um, for her in the show. I don't know if that's from the books or anything. It is. Um, okay. I, fi- I figured it seemed like too good to be, like, I don't know, um, made up on the spot. But 
yeah, Yennefer has always been really cool to me. Um, if I had to do a second favorite, because like they're both like very close together, um, I really like Jaskier or Jaskier. Yeah. Um, he was like Dandelion in the games, um, and I always thought he was just like a really necessary part of it to keep everything kind of lighthearted because it is a very um, grim um, world. Uh, I've always, you know, I, another um, thing that I'm really into is Berserk. That's the only manga that I'm really into. Um, unfortunately, the anime, you know, didn't pan out for me. Um, but that's one where, like, I I saw, um, uh, I think the character's name is Puck, the little fairy guy, I think he is. Yeah. Um, he was, like, a very necessary part to me. Like, I thought, like, this would not, none of, none of this would really work for me if there wasn't a little bit of, like, relief, you know, yeah. um, some lightheartedness. If it's all doom and gloom, you're going to read it and go, I don't feel good about reading this. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I I kind of like, so I agree with um, Deskier. I, I think it's funny that his song did to our world what it was supposed to do in their world. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, that's, I, that's all you see about The Witcher now. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it, 100%. Um, I kind of like the character of Siri. Mm-hmm. I think that her character, in a weird level, is very, very reminiscent of Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, it does seem like she's kind of going down a similar, like, find-your-own-way, like, toughen-up kind of route. And yeah, I always like that, too. She's she's definitely one of my favorites as well. And and with inside knowledge from the games, you know that it's going to bring her even closer to the Arya Stark model. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it, it, it's really kind of, uh, I kind of like that character. Like, I, I like Yennefer, and I was like, I was going to choose Yennefer if for some reason you didn't. Um, <laughs> but Siri is really kind of a cool character in that sense of the plot almost revolves around her, but she is not at all central to the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, for reasons. Yeah, um, it's almost like they t- they totally separate the character from the rest of everything, and then there's like this really interesting stuff going on with her. So you, it's like it's like a whole other like show almost. Exactly. It seems like, but it's like still fitting in somehow. Yeah. Now, do you now in this cast of diamonds, which diamond do you <laughs> like the least? Uh, it's really hard to pick. Um. I actually I don't know the character's name, but the uh, the queen at the party that um yeah, that Geralt the goes surprise. to yeah yeah that um she I don't know I don't know if it was just like she's become like sort of characters becoming more and more cliche and like overused um but she also like I didn't really like follow her logic very much because she she like says to kill the guy and then like steps in. Like, kind of out of nowhere, it seemed like. Or maybe I just missed something. Um, so, there's... They've already discussed this. And because of timeline shenanigans. Mm-hmm. That lady is actually Ciri's grandmother. Oh. She's the lady at the beginning of the series that sends Ciri away. Oh, if yeah, I yeah, understand yeah. it correctly, like if I absolutely do, which there's a chance I couldn't. So her daughter was the woman in the woods with Geralt in episode one. Uh, I, if I'm again, if I'm remembering it correctly. Okay. So the 
queen had a daughter who was promised to the hedgehog boy. Uh-huh. Because of the <laughs> because of the law of surprise, he got to uh-huh. marry her. She was with child, and that child was Siri. Right. So that's why Siri and Geralt are um their fates yes. are intertwined, much like mm-hmm. Yennefer. Yeah. And that all happened in the past. Right, right. Yeah, so it's one of those like the moment you like look at the timeline and go, "Oh, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. wow, okay." Um, for some reason, I because a lot of TV shows do that of like, we're all gonna set it in a concurrent timeline. Something may be happening at the same time, but assume mm-hmm. it happens all in the same line that we show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like that you have to stop and think about how The Witcher does things. Non-concurrent mm-hmm. timelines are actually really cool because you can jump in on the action and go, now, you might be wondering, how mm-hmm. did I get here? And then you yeah. go back. Same thing yeah. like that. It's cool, yeah. it can. It, it's, they're definitely doing it well. It's just I think I need to watch the rest of the uh, – because that's the last episode that I watched actually. Um, yeah, I think – yeah, that makes sense because they, they show like uh, the guards picking her up uh, like in current day I guess or maybe – past or less past i don't know Um, not so super duper past yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i guess um if i had to pick one it would be her yeah because i don't know she's still a good character i mean i don't know there's so many good characters um it doesn't seem like there's really a weak one but if i had to pick one yeah it would have to be her yeah i'm I'm on the same level that's why i was like (laughs) in a field of diamonds what one should not favor yeah, I thought about that for I thought about that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we talk about your book, um, now that we've talked about The Witcher, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors. This episode of the Gaming and Chill podcast is brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online game retailer. Each week, they have brand new bundles that last for only a limited amount of time. And with Humble Bundle Monthly, for a flat fee each month, you gain access to over $100 worth of games for only $13. A game I received was Soul Calibur 6, which normally retails at nearly $60. And I got it and several other highly rated games for the low price of $13. If you love games as much as I do, do yourself a favor and get Humble Bundle Monthly using the link down in the description or by using the link on our website. Not only will you be getting amazing games for yourself, you'll also be able to support the podcast. Back to the show. So tell us a little bit about your book, A Reaper Heretic. So Reaper Heretic is my first book. Um, I published it a few months ago, something like that. Um, took me a very long time to write. Um, and yeah, like we said before, it's very heavily based on or inspired by Bleach. Um, it deals with a group of Reapers, sort of like the Reapers in Bleach. Um, but I kind of just decided to take it a different direction, really. It just kind of starts there. Um, it's more about um, this guy, Lautrec, trying to... Um, put an end to the reapers they're called agents um and trying to like make all humans immortal basically um and yeah it just kind of like spirals out from there 
Okay. Uh, I haven't gotten that far totally. Um, when oh, you sorry. said that he, he tries to make all humans immortal, for some reason I'm thinking of that one episode from uh, Family Guy where death twists his ankle and no one can die anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah that, I remember that one. That might actually also be a Simpsons episode, too. Yeah, um, sounds like one. But yeah, that actually sounds pretty cool because um, I've read so far in that they're talking about how humans excel because of death mm-hmm. and they prosper because humans die. If I'm understanding mm-hmm. that correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. So I, I kind of like that, that symbiosis of agents can't die but need humans to die and they are the mm-hmm. means or the... Uh, aftermath of that mm-hmm. uh, because as I was understanding the reapers aren't like they're not a hand in their death they're just there of like well they're due to die at twelve fifteen, so we're just going to be around to take their soul and they're gone correct yeah right right okay cool that's actually uh, a really kind of a cool idea because you often see uh, grim reapers as the hand of death and they cause it or mm-hmm. if you're in the case of Final Destination, the Rube Goldberg machine. Right, yeah. Or the wind. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to make it a little different than, you know, stuff like that. Because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about the Grim Reaper, someone who's like the Grim Reaper. Um, I kind of wanted to make it more about, like, what it would be like to be, so, like, a, like, a human almost in that position. Um, and, like, having to, you know, see so many people die. And, like, sometimes they don't deserve to die. Just the way death is very random and crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's, um, sort of something that I took from, like I was mentioning earlier, um, I'm really into Dark Souls, um, Lotrek is actually named after a character in Dark Souls, um, and yeah, there's, there's this idea of kind of, like, transference and, like, how death kind of, like, works into everything, it's, it's kind of, like, a vague influence, um, but yeah, just, um, kind of, like, this, this sort of world where, Everything works together, but it still feels a little strange, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, I kind of, uh, when you sit talking about that, of like how it just flows, I was sitting here thinking it's, it's in a weird level, kind of like, uh, the Monsters Inc. universe, how they reply, mm-hmm. rely upon scream to power, yeah. or laughter to power their stuff, mm-hmm. and they need death or like human energy to mm-hmm. basically do their thing. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it's almost reminiscent of like the second law of thermodynamics of mm-hmm. energy cannot be created or destroyed. It's yeah. very cyclical. Um, mm-hmm. it, it falls in line with the grand philosophy of one for all and all for one. Of mm-hmm. uh, if you've watched any Full Metal Alchemist, of mm-hmm. that's another part, influence. You're an individual as a part of a whole who powers the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into that, going into your book, I, I can totally, like, see that. I think it's, what, the third chapter? They're doing, like, a, a ceremony talking about, hey, this human did all this, and he's succeeded by these people, and he died. And mm-hmm. it was very necessary that he did. And here's the people who may, who were there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool idea. Because, um, like yeah, you said, you. a lot of people write death as, like, this this scary thing and they don't humanize death mm-hmm. um, because to for a grand part of history, death has been this 
mysterious thing. We didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. Mm-hmm. And to have it humanized as like having reapers of being there. And it's kind of interesting to be able to Thank see you. it and not for them to be the hand of death. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I like cool. it. I need to. I have a. I binge read, so I will oh, really? read like three, four chapters at a time, and then I'll put it down for a little bit, and then I'll pick it back up because of mm-hmm. my my scheduling. It's just mm-hmm. that's the way I have to read. Um, I know how it goes. But uh, but I've been I've been sitting there when I was reading yours. I was like, okay, I don't want to just blitz through the book. I want to read it and go, okay, what happened in that sequence? Like. What shapes the characters? And there's a there's a lot of characters and a lot of names to get. It's like jumping into One Piece. There's a lot of characters, mm-hmm. but they're all going to be somehow important. So right, getting yeah. them, learning them, and knowing their relationships as they happen are important. Mm-hmm, uh, definitely. I mean, it, it, gosh, if reading any manga like Bleach or anything like that has taught me, is like... People may have similar names, but they're vastly different, and you need to know it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, yeah. See, I really like it. I picked it up, and it's really good. Uh, cool. So, we Thank talked you. about the book, but how did you get, in, get into writing? Have you always been into writing, or what sparked your love of it? Yeah, um, basically, when I was 15, 16 years old, something like that, in high school, um, I had a teacher, his name is Justin Faulkner. Um, he just kind of out of nowhere, I didn't even really actually have him in a class. I had him as a swim coach actually. Um, and basically he out of nowhere handed me this journal and was like, Hey, I want you to write something in this every single day and show it to me. And I was like, okay, I guess I will. Like, it's just like, he had a very like, you know, domineering, uh, presence, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I picked it up. Uh, I started doing it. I really enjoyed it. You know, he told me that my stuff was good. He like, you know, gave me good feedback and like told me that I should do this. Um, and yeah, it just kind of took off from there. You know, he's just, yeah, just one teacher in high school out of nowhere, just, you know, decided to, that I should be writing. <laughs> and I started writing and, you know, haven't stopped since. So I want to ask that this question. Mm-hmm. Now that you've had a book published and it's actively for sale on Amazon, and that link will be down in the description below as well. Mm. So now that you have a book on Amazon, have you reached out to that professor and said, hey, I don't remember, know if you remember me, but you sparked my love of writing and now I have something published? Yeah, um, actually, I have him on Instagram. He like has an Instagram and stuff. Um, and he told me he bought it and everything. And yeah, um, I don't know what he thinks of it yet. I don't know if he's read it yet. I, I do need to follow up on that. Uh, but he's, he's actually a principal now, so he's, I'm sure a very busy guy. Um, but yeah, I would like to know, you know, if he's, if he's reading it, what he thinks about it. Um, I'm sure he, he's a very, um, critical, uh, reader. So I'm sure I would get some, uh, some negative feedback too, but I would still like to hear it. As you say, negative feedback is just as important as positive feedback. Definitely. Definitely. So um, true. <laughs> so this is a self-published book, correct? Mm-hmm, right. So what was the process for those who might also be interested in writing or getting something published? What was mm-hmm. the process of having a finished manuscript to getting it published to getting it on Amazon? Um, well, I tried other avenues first. 
Um, I really wanted to go through a traditional publisher, um, but going through Amazon was really easy. I think that's kind of just what everyone is doing now, it seems like, that are like starting out. Um, so it's definitely a good place to start. It's really easy to like upload it. You just kind of have to like uh, upload, like attach your file into a web page, you know. Um, the main thing that I lucked out on that maybe not everyone would have is getting a cover done. They have like a program. I never used it myself, but they have a program where you can like design a cover and like upload it directly there. Um, but I have my brother is a really good artist and like is into graphic design, so he actually designed my cover for me for free. Um, so I kind of you know I had that advantage, um, and he did a great job. It's like a really beautiful cover. You know, it looks like professional and everything. Um, so I don't totally know about getting a cover done cause I know that's a big deal. Like that's like the first thing people see when they see your book, you know? Um, so I think that <clears throat> the, um, the program they use is probably pretty easy. You know, it probably makes it pretty simple cause pretty much every book I see on Amazon has a pretty good cover on it. Um, so I, I think it's, it's really just a matter of like getting the writing done and then Amazon really, you know, um, they want you, they want to have your book on their website, so they'll make it as easy as possible. Um, the main thing that, um, I've learned the most and have, um, not done the best at that I, that I've, as I've been learning in it, um, is like marketing and getting it to people. Like we were mentioning before, it's really hard to get your work in front of people. Um, but I mean, just doing like Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, <clears throat> Amazon, you can do ads directly through them as well. Um, and have it featured and stuff like that. Um, that's, you know, that's really helpful doing stuff like this podcast, um, is good to do. Um, that's the main thing I've been told is podcasts are like the place to, uh, you know, to, to like have some sort of uh, direct link to people where they can hear you out. Um, so that, you know, I'm really appreciative of you having me on, you know, it's, it's been great. Um, glad to have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, you know, um, I'm still learning myself, but so far that's about all I've learned is just, you know, and of course the most important thing is actually doing the work, putting the time into the work. Um, and then, you know, once you get that done, just really put yourself into marketing and trying to find an audience, you know, um, there's, um, um, another author friend of mine, um, put me on to getting into newsletters. Um, some of them you can just like pay and they'll feature your book and like they just kind of like send it out to a bunch of people. Those are really good too. I've gotten some sales from those. Um, you just pay a flat fee and then they put it out there and some of them will feature it for like a longer period of time. It just kind of depends on the one, but uh, that's been really good too. <clears throat> that's awesome. I think that's actually, uh, it's really difficult. Like we were talking about earlier is like, I can't imagine writing cause I, <clears throat> I can't write my way out of a wet paper bag at this moment, <laughs> but getting, eyes on your work it i feel like that it really is 90 percent of the fight mm -hmm. uh because as a as a creative person there's that there you know you hear the i don't want to call it kitschy cliche advice of like do what you love and it won't be work and it's like yes but writing a book is really only 10 percent of it because mm -hmm. once you get it written you're going great that's it huh now what now what? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and and they go well if it, you know you do what you enjoy and it'll be great and it's like cool but you wouldn't put Henry Campbell in an empty theater and go act your heart out you'd be like yeah no one's here there's yeah. that catharsis of someone going 
wow, that was pretty good. Wow, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah. There's there's the there's that completing the circuit basically. Definitely. So writing it is writing something great, getting it published great, having even a single person come up to you and go, hey, I read your book and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it, all of a yeah. sudden he goes, my work has been validated. I loved it. it was a process of love, and I get and I and I feel it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of like a big part of the payoff is when people like it, you know. Um, when I when I first published it, I was still working at Target actually, so I told a bunch of people there, and you know they all told me, yeah, we read it, we loved it, and it's like that was yeah that was because you know it's not a super lucrative thing to do. Um, that's another thing to tell uh, new writers, you know. Um, it may not you know pay your bills for a pretty long time until you you know get well established. Um, but yeah, just hearing people liked it, hearing people took the time to read it, that's a huge thing. That's, you know, that's probably the biggest payoff for me, at least. I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think I can say it any better. Um, <laughs> so now that this book is out and it's been published and everything, do you have plans for another book? I do. I'm actually in sort of the final stages of writing my next book. I do. Um, this one is a little more science fiction than fantasy or paranormal. Um, it's sort of like a, uh, future dystopian world sort of where everyone has to wear like, um, I call them Sayer devices, but they're, uh, like a lie detector on their forehead. So people know if they're lying or not. Um, yeah, it just kind of, it's a little more, um, a lot of my big influences for that are like, uh, Blade Runner. Um, Oh, I can't remember the other one. There's another one that it's very similar to. It's a little, it's a little bit like Attack on Titan, um, and that they all live in this like walled city, and like the world outside of the city is like unknown, and no one knows where it's at. Um, and that's like, you know, that's like a big like thing for people is that they're all afraid of going outside, sort of. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I look forward to that book. Do you do you have a working title for it, or I have several working titles <laughs> that's, that's, I've been struggling with that throughout because I've been basically writing it since I published my other book so well, m- many months now um, one that I like is Servants of the Sun because he the main character his name is Leonard he's this um, like a, just like an employee like a kind of bottom rung um, you know he's kind of like a servant almost um, and he's really like obsessed with seeing the sun um, that's another part of like going outside is that, and the, another thing is that there's, there's like constant cloud cover. So no one knows that the sun is really there. Um, so it's a big thing with like him being this sort of like underdog and wanting to see the sun and kind of prove everyone wrong, you know, praise the sun, <laughs> praise the sun. That's a, yep. Direct link. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yep. I, oh, yeah. I like it. I yeah, look forward cool. to reading that book. Um, Great. I hope you do. So, Besides your Amazon, which again will be down below, is there anything else you'd like to to talk about? This is your moment to plug anything you're currently working on or anything like that. Well, um, I do have an Instagram page. It's Raleigh K Barnes, all one word, no spaces or underscores or anything. Um, I also have a WordPress account. It's rbarnes nine thousand dot wordpress dot com. Um, I just kind of upload a few things there, stuff that I was writing in college, stuff that I'm working on, like poetry and short stories and stuff like that. So, you know, if, if people want to read more, that's that's a good place to look as well. 
Okay, great. Those will all be down in the description below uh, or wherever it is on your listening platform. I'm looking forward to seeing what you have, what you produce in the future. And uh, maybe we'll get you back on to talk about your next book. I'd love to do it. Let's do it. All right. Anything else you want to say before we go ahead and call this a podcast? Um, not necessarily. Um, you know, I just, I hope people read the book and they like it. Um, I hope people listen to this, um, and they, you know, they're not super bored. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Hey, thank Um, you for uh, doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you. All right. So I think until next week, uh, keep being awesome and, uh, praise the sun. (laughs) Praise the sun. Thanks for tuning into the Gaming and Chill Podcast. We hope you liked it. It would be really helpful if, on your given listening platform, you were to leave a comment and give us a rating. For more on the Gaming and Chill Podcast, you can visit our website at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. And from there, you can read anime and game reviews that are not on this podcast. You can also find links to all of our social media where you can follow us. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to hear from you soon. Cheers!